You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and this is Critical Mass Business Talk Show, and we have a great show planned for you. This is our nonprofit segment, and we have Lee Lester, who is the founder of Ubuntu Institute of Learning. Lee, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Let's get right into it. What was your original motivation when you decided to create your organization? You know, I'd like to say it was some really deep-seated thing, but it was uh, proof of concept. I was working with nonprofit executive directors, trying to help them become more sustainable, and it's a mindset change. And so I said, what better way than to do it myself and be an example? So that's exactly why I did it. So, so let's... Uh, let's look at your background and then kind of talk about what you meant about what you mean about being sustainable. So tell us a little bit about your background and experience that leads up to creating your organization. Oh, that's uh, how much time we have. <laughs> so I started, I guess, out of college. My career has been in banking for a long time. And then I went from banking to the nonprofit space right before the, the mortgage meltdown. Uh, 0708. And I was, I've been fortunate to work not only at the local level um, with nonprofits, but also at the state level and the national level. And when you do that and you travel a lot, you get, really get to see the impact that these agencies have on their communities. And uh, I was living in North Carolina at the time. And um, I remember going to a community that had been devastated prior to the mortgage meltdown because North Carolina used to be a manufacturing state. And so they mm -hmm. had already lost a lot of jobs. And um, and when you see those agencies close, um, they may be servicing seven, eight counties. And so all those people lose all those services when that when that one agency sometimes closes their doors. So I was like, okay, we can't have this. <laughs> Plus I was seeing other agencies thrive. And so the researcher in me was like, I've got to figure this out. You know, why is this, why is it this way? And I thought it was originally because maybe they just weren't business savvy. You know, they're coming from a social service background versus business school. And so I said, let me find out. I went back to school to get my doctorate. And that was what I focused on was nonprofit sustainability. And it's really more mindset. And so I work with um, teaching nonprofit preneurs, I like to call them, how to be more entrepreneurial in their thinking. Nonprofit preneurs. That's mm -hmm. the first time I've heard that. You, sh you should trademark <laughs> I that. I know, right? Let me do it really quick because now you've said it publicly. Yeah. So <laughs> I got yeah. to rush for the right. clock, right? Well, and, and you can claim this is the time that you, you need a first use. And here you can oh, say if you haven't already, right. you, you can point to this. And by the way, I know a person, Stephanie Potick, who who's helped me get all of my trademarks. So if you ever need to talk to somebody about yes. how to do that, I'd be happy to connect you with her. I love so, the hookup. Let's talk about the mission of your organization then and how it ties into this concept of having a sustainable nonprofit. So as I delve deeper into the research, um, into, non, into entrepreneurship, I found that that was one of, the, one of the key factors in bringing people out of poverty. And so 
you know, you'd be blind to not see what's happening around us in the world. And I was like, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe I need to extend this reach. And so my last year in, you know, doing coursework, I got the honor of teaching a capstone course to students in South Africa. And, um, and the impression they had on me was, I mean, words don't, describe it. I ended up spending seven months there actually volunteering after that experience because it was just so like life changing because they, you know, unemployment's really high there. And, you know, they were so appreciative of the education and just it was it was a really good experience. But I said that to say, you know, how can I again, how can I do my part? Right. You know, we can only do what we can do. Maybe I can't get a whole movement, but I can do my part. And so if I can help get nonprofits to be more entrepreneurial, and then now I'm working with communities of color who have been underinvested for so many years, um, do the same thing. I'm lifting, I'm lifting up in two spaces. So maybe it's going to have a bigger impact. So what is meant by sustainability for a nonprofit? What, what do you see the need is and how do they have to change their quote unquote business model to be more sustainable? So nonprofits have this mindset that they can't make any money, right? And um, and that's almost like a bad word, like, oh, we can't have revenue. Um, not all, not all. So before anybody starts calling in, um, the nonprofit is is really it's just it's a tax designation that says you have to serve your community, but it doesn't mean you can't pay your staff a decent wage. It doesn't mean you can't plan five, ten years ahead so that your doors stay open. Most the nonprofits that I had, uh, most of the ones that I had worked with, were really it was year to year, grant cycle to grant cycle, and if if a big player pulled out, they were devastated. And what ended up happening is they they tried to keep the same staff and they couldn't and so half the staff was still trying to do the same amount of work and then this burnout and and then people leave and guess who gets affected the communities they're there to serve so I was like there's got to be a better way and and then I got the benefit of working for a nonprofit that really really came really close to not being one <laughs> but what I learned from that is that you can be business focus. You can, you know, do your your business plan and go out and sell services. You can charge people money. Wow, what a mind-blowing idea. You can charge people money. Now, of course, you you know, there are certain services you can't, like foreclosure counseling, for instance, and hopefully you wouldn't want to. But um, the thing that always uh, gets me is many nonprofits, especially in the housing sector, they'll spend two years working with a family to get them ready to buy their first house and, and, and not charge a dime. But the lender who spent 30 days, the realtor who may have spent 30 days, they're making thousands upon thousands of dollars. And I'm like, you don't see your value? How can we raise a people up if we have a poverty mindset? We have to start with us. And so I've just been on a soapbox. You can ask anybody who takes my classes. I, I, I mean, I can't get through a class without talking about that. So, so let's talk about what it is that your Institute of Learning is doing. Give us a sense for the programs and the plan and, and what you're offering. So we have three buckets of work that we work in. I say we're social justice warriors, right? And the three buckets are entrepreneurship for underinvested communities, diversity, equity, inclusion, because I have coming from banking, I've oftentimes been the, the one in the room, right? The one woman, the one minority, sometimes the one of both. Um, and then the other is affordable housing. And 
I think if you can get somebody in a, in a house they can afford and you can teach them how they can make their own money, then you're going to get them out of poverty. We start to see a change in our communities. And so that's those are the three areas we really focus in. And we we collaborate. You know, we, we work with the more people, the better. And trying to get nonprofits out of that mindset of crabs in a barrel, like, oh, you know, I can't work with you because I'm trying to go for the same grant you're going for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, people, there's enough work for everybody. <laughs> you know, you do what you do best that you enjoy and you do what you do best that you enjoy. Maybe we come together and we find a way to do it collectively. Let's let's not be fighting against each other because it's not there's too much work to be done. Right. There is so much need. So um, over the past two years plus, what has been the impact on your organization and your plans by COVID-19? How have you had to adjust your organization to respond to this reality? So it's been an interesting pivot. The last four years, I was a proud full-time RVer. And I was traveling around the country, you know, working from home, basically. So that part, the working from home didn't change for me. What did change is a lot of my work, I train nationally. So that ended immediately because nobody was getting on a plane. And, um, and, and of course, the work is not the same. The pay is not the same. So I had to do like any good entrepreneur would do. I, I pivoted, right? What can I do? And so I started, I noticed HUD has a, a um, certification class and a lot of housing counselors weren't passing it and they had a deadline. And, and and of course my mind goes back to North Carolina and I'm like, if these counselors don't pass, these agencies can't do the service. They close their doors and I'm freaking out and I'm trying to figure out why everybody else is not freaking out. So I was like, okay, I'll teach you. I'll teach you, (laughs) you know, come take the class from me. And so I started teaching that class and it's it. What's so nice about it is the is the past six months it's been full without me even having to advertise. But, and I keep the price affordable. I charge, but I keep the price affordable. Um, and people are doing really well, and people are passing. So that that brings me a lot of joy. But yeah, I just I just had to pivot. I had to okay, what else can I do? And I started doing more work in diversity, equity, inclusion because I can do that remotely, and getting really good at at understanding online pedagogy so that when someone does take my class, they really learn and they're not just sitting there, you know, with the screen on doing something else. And and I have um, um, ADHD, so I have to take that into consideration, like maybe some of the people I'm working with do too. So I try to be very inclusive in the way I design my curriculum as well. So is that the business model currently for your organization, online coursework for a specific group of people that uh, need education? Basically, yeah. I, I don't limit it. Like the DE&I work is not necessarily for, mm. you know, minority people, right? <laughs> so that's whoever wants to pay me to do it, I will come. But the affordable housing stuff, I'm really passionate about that, especially out of the box ideas on how we can do that. I serve on uh, a few committees where I, I get to blab my mouth about that. And um, of course, on the um, entrepreneurship space, we, we're just launching, and I'm so excited, it actually launches Saturday, a very collective entrepreneurial program in, in Long Beach. And um, I was hoping to get 10 people, right? And we got almost 30 folks who want to participate. Wow. And I'm, 
I'm, I told them all, I said, you know, we're, we're flying, we're building the plane as we're flying it, but I'm not going to turn anybody away. You know, I'll give you everything I got. If you're going to be there with me, we're going, we're going to do this together. And, you know, the one thing that almost to a person when I did, because I interviewed them individually, they didn't come for the matching grant. They didn't come necessarily for the two years of technical assistance that we're going to provide. They didn't come for, you know, the tangible things. What they came for is community. They said, we just want to be with other people who, you know, come from a, a background that understands the challenges that we have. And we can have folks we can talk to when times get rough or just to ideate with and all that sort of stuff. And I was hoping for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But to hear that at the onset just makes my heart sore. So I'm going to go a little deeper on that because you're mm -hmm. just about to launch it. And it sounds like it has a lot of positive energy around it. So it mm -hmm. is a two year program. Is that what you said? It's actually a six month program where okay. there be where there where it's intense, but it's it's on the weekends and evenings because we know most of our entrepreneurs of color have full time jobs. So we work around their schedule. Um, but after they launch in six months, we're still going to provide technical assistance because most businesses, if they're going to mm. fail, they're going to fail within the first few years. So we want to yeah. give them that extra support. So that they have not only their community, but maybe they have a tax attorney they can call when they're not sure about something or a, um, a CEO, uh, um, an accountant they can call when they have, uh, you know, questions about that. Like, that's not my strong set. I'll be the first one to say, I, it, you take the books. I don't want to do that. That's not my magic power. <laughs> right. So we definitely wanted to be holistic in our approach and we're co-creating. And I said, you know, these are the ideas I've collected from colleagues around the country and people I've come and touch with, but Long Beach is his own ecosystem. So if there's something you guys need that we haven't addressed, please let me know. And it's in partnership with, you know, United Cambodian Communities, Centro Cha, the Black Chamber. We wanted to make sure it was a collective. Cal State Long Beach is participating, downtown Long Beach, other folks that I'm probably missing, but, um, you know, a lot of folks came to the table and said, we want to help with this. So this was your idea? Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of my baby, but okay. I knew I didn't want to do it by myself and I don't necessarily sure. need to keep it. Right. I just saw the need and I wanted to get it going. And I'm hoping if the city of Long Beach is listening and you guys want to take it under your, you know, I'm totally fine with that. Let me keep teaching my part. That's that's where I, I get really excited is the teaching part and building it up part. But um, but, you know, if I've got to run it, I'll run it. So the people that are coming to your class are early stage entrepreneurs who are looking to build a business and you want to help them to launch successfully through education absolutely. and community. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, you nailed it. We want to give them everything that they need to be successful because if, when I first came to Long Beach, I went to SCORE and I love SCORE. I'm not knocking SCORE, but it's mostly older white men and, um, and I felt like, wow, if I didn't have such strong self-efficacy, I probably wouldn't start a business. And if I feel that way, and I feel like I'm pretty educated, I've started many businesses, then someone starting out fresh would just turn away and not ever do it. So I wanted to have that go between. We're still going to work with SCORE because they bring a lot to the table, right. but we're going to have a buffer in between, kind of prepare them for it. So they will be fortified as uh, less <laughs> less Brown says. We're going to get them fortified before they head over to SCORE. Well, I, I think it's uh, a great concept. As you know, when we've gotten to know each other, I believe in the 
power of collective intelligence. You know, if you mm -hmm. get a group of people in the room, I think experience in business is your best teacher, but some lessons are best learned vicariously from other entrepreneurs. And there are a lot of early stage mistakes that entrepreneurs make because they just don't know what they don't know. Right. And some of those can be fatal. So if you can build mm -hmm. a community that insulates them a little bit from that trial right. and error, that's mm -hmm. a great service for the Long Beach oh, yeah. business community. And, you know, to that point, um, the lady who actually turned me on to the framework that we use, um, it's Launch My City. So if anybody's listening, you can go to launchmycity.org and everything's there. Um, she said when the pandemic first hit, the people who had gone through her program, she had had 400 people graduate at that point. They started wow. leaning on each other for support. And so they were right. buying goods and services from each other. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I want. That's yeah. what I want. You know, how can we do that? And fortunately, Long Beach is a pretty collaborative city anyway. Like We Labs is giving us, you know, free business memberships so they have a place to fax and print and all that sort of stuff and meet up. You know, we'll have a, a nice, warm, cozy place to maybe have a beer on a Friday evening. <laughs> Will your class be virtual or in person when it launches on Saturday? I was really, really wanting to launch. Um, I wanted to have the meetup, which is Friday night in person, but from what I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the city, it just, it's not looking good. And I would not want to risk anybody's health. You know, we can always meet up later. So I think I'm going to make the executive decision and say, let's do it online for now. And as soon as everybody feels comfortable, we'll meet in person, but it's designed to be mostly online, but with mm -hmm. periodic, um, you know, in-person meetings. And I and I apologize if you said this before, but I'm trying to just lock it down in my mind. The first meeting is this weekend. And how frequently will you be meeting with these early stage entrepreneurs? So we'll be doing it every week and they have homework during the week to prepare for the for the weekend. Um, we'll have a featured entrepreneur from the community who will be speaking at each one. So each lesson, they'll have real life testimony, so to speak, to go with it. Um, and then they'll have a, an opportunity to present their ideas to the community. And then they'll go over to Cal State Long Beach for more uh, technical entrepreneurship training. Once that's done, the PS de Resistance, we're going to be bringing um, a program called uh, Connect Up. Uh, it'll be Connect Up Long Beach, but it started in Minnesota where um, Elaine Rasmussen is a CEO of um, Social Impact Strategies Group, and they do a a two to three day meetup with philanthropy and investors with their entrepreneurs. And it's not like, oh, we're pitching because when you pitch, then only one person can win, right? right. It's a competition. But if you're sharing and you're building partnerships, then that's when you can start to affect some change because you don't have that power dynamic. It's like, hey, we're trying to do this to collectively. And right. so um, I'm really excited that she was open to bringing it to Long Beach. <laughs> well, this is very exciting. And I I, um, <clears throat> I believe the energy in business is at the entry level. There's nothing harder to do in business than to create a business when there wasn't one previously to wedge your way into the market. So the mm -hmm. work that you're doing with these entrepreneurs will pay dividends and you'll have a couple of years, some great success stories, I'm sure, from yeah, it. So let's talk. I can't wait. Let's talk about the future. Um, where do you see your organization going and evolving over time? So um, I believe in the big, hairy, audacious goal. Good. And um, I want to take this framework to all underinvested communities in the country and then abroad after. 
that's exactly the, where I want to see it go. Well, that could be a, so it's a global organization then is what you're mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah, I actually have board members from other countries. So we do, those are things we think about is how can we get it going here and then bring it, because there are other places that have similar issues. So oh, yeah. why not? Let's share the information. <laughs> you know, right. let's, okay, this share, works, share let's the do it there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so that's my goal. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to learn more about Ubuntu or you, how do they find you guys online? Where do you tell them to go? Uh, I tell them to go to www.ubuntulearn.org. And, and I'm LinkedIn. also on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a linker. So okay. <laughs> you can always find me on LinkedIn. And, and the sadly, and you even told me, I want to say it's LinkedIn. Lee Lester. I think it's pretty simple. But right. yeah, if you send me a request, I will connect. I, I believe in the power of networking. Great. Yeah, as do I. And I'm, I'm so glad we were able to get you on the show this week with your launch coming up on Saturday. What me great timing. Too. Thank you, Haley, for being on point. That. <laughs> and, and thanks, Lee, for being a friend of the program and a part of the Renaissance Critical Mass community here in Southern California. Anytime, anytime. You let me know if I can help in any other way. Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank the listening audience, both live today on the stream. I saw a number of comments. That's great. And also those that are picking us up as a podcast. This is, excuse me, Orange County's longest running business talk show. Lee's episode was episode number 1,335. Wow. If you'd like to connect with me. Yeah, right. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's also my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.